0: Welcome to the Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, the Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering a retirement rescue game plan. Now, what is that? That is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Now, how do you order that? Well, you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered by the way, free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Now, on to the show. So, um, a lot of stuff uh, is going on these days. Mm-hmm. Um, war. Yeah. Um, what is it good for?
2: Absolutely nothing.
1: That's right. Um, we got sanctions. Um, stock market volatility. Interest rates—they're mm. about to go up uh, here pretty soon, um, from what I hear. That's what I'm hearing, you know, down on the uh, down the grapevine. That's what I'm hearing.
2: Um, Jay Powell. Jay Powell telling you that?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, direct line to uh, the Fed chairman. There, um, a lot of stuff is going on. Inflation. Inflation. Inflation is. Uh, um, uh high gas prices. Oh man. Jumped up mm. uh thirty-eight percent in the last week or so. Yikes. A lot of stuff going on. And so let's do, we'll go ahead and get into some money matters.
2: Here comes the money. Here we go. Uh-huh. Money talk, talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, 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 money,
1: money. Dollar, dollar. All righty. All right. So um let's talk about um let's talk about taxes. I don't think, you know, we, we pride ourselves in talking a a lot about taxes around here, but we haven't talked about it in a while, uh, as far as I can remember, although we do have our tax corner segment every, uh, every week or so. But um, let's talk about um, taxes as it relates to retirement. So any way you look at it, um, the federal government spending habits are a big mess. So Most people don't know this because most people go digital now, but in every 1040 instruction booklet, there is a section that shows where our federal government, where it gets its money, uh, the money inflows, and then where it spends its money, the money outflows. And so this uh, instruction booklet is printed in there uh, pretty much every year. So, And really, as taxpayers... You know, it really does make sense to know this information, Uh, and so I want to go over uh, this info info because it is riveting. Um, (laughs) And so the data that we're going to go over basically shows the government's fiscal year uh, spending numbers uh, from 2020, and this is as reported, by the way, by the IRS. So let's just talk about um, uh, some of these government inflows and outlays from a macro level. So fiscal year ending 2019, the federal government had about $3.46 trillion come in, and that's from you know, a lot of different spots, but $3.4 trillion came in to the federal government. Now, their spending back uh, in 2019, fiscal year 2019, was $4.4 trillion, leaving a deficit of $984 billion, right? So more was going out than what was coming in. And so there was a deficit of $984 billion. That's with the B. And so now I'm looking at this fiscal year 2020 um, inflow outflow report supplied by the IRS. And in the fiscal year ending 2020, the U.S. government had $3.42 trillion come in. So
2: A little bit more.
1: A little bit less. 3.42 versus
2: the
1: 3.46 from uh, 2019. So a little bit less. Hmm. Although our outflow was $6.55 trillion. So what does that mean? That means we are now running a budget deficit or back in 2020, um, a budget deficit of $3.1 trillion deficit. right? That means uh, we are spending a lot more
2: almost twice as much yes. as we brought in
1: exactly very good with the math skills Thanks. over there yes so um let's uh let's dive into this um uh a little deeper um so we already know that this deficit spending had ballooned to three trillion dollars for one year and of course that's not sustainable because and really no matter how far or where you fall on the where you fall on the uh, political spectrum, you know, annual deficits of $3 trillion. It just cannot be sustained. Now, you know, when you think of it, uh, much of the increase, and if we can go back is, was due to stimulus payments, right? People getting that paycheck, $1,400. Um, and then what else? Uh, 1,400 and then, uh, Uh, even more than that afterwards or something. No, it was six. I don't don't know what it was, but it was a lot of of, uh, spending via stimulus payments. Of course, then they had the PPP, you know, a lot of tax-free small business loans, uh, the PPP and the EIDL that went into small businesses. And then, of course, increases in things like the child tax credit. So that is why you saw uh, a $3 trillion deficit, but we know that that is not sustainable. All right. So let's talk about, let's shift gears and talk about uh, the money that is coming into the federal government and where that money comes from. All right. Uh, And once again, uh, I am looking at the uh, instruction booklet that uh, the IRS prints 1040 instruction booklet where um, they are legally obligated to give us, us meaning Americans, these numbers. All right. So uh, what money is coming into uh, the federal government? So Let's start here because this is very intriguing. Most of the government inflows, forty-eight percent of the government inflows, basically came from borrowing, borrowing money to cover the deficit. That is where we got uh, most of the money that came in was from borrowing. That's basically like um, like this. If uh, uh, that's like me going to the bank to get a loan. Each time that my electricity bill comes in, it doesn't really make any any sense, right? But that's, uh, that's where the government got most of its money because they go out and they borrow it first, 48%. Wow. All right. Um, and, and, spe- and speaking of borrowing, think about this. In 1990, um, if you had a $50,000 CD, Certificate of Deposit, Back in 1990, it earned, wait for it, 8% interest. 8% in 1990 on a CD. So if you had $50,000 in there, you basically got about $4,164 each year off of that $50,000 CD, earning 8% interest. But let's fast forward to today. Today, that same $50,000 CD would earn 0.6%. Let's put that in dollars. That $50,000 that you had in the bank back in 1990 that was earning over $4,000. Today, that $50,000 in the bank that you have in that CD is now earning you $301. Just $300. $300. $300. Right, So what happened to the other, let me do a quick math, $3,863, right? What happened to it? Well, we've seen interest rates go down, right? And your interest income is going down. It's helping the government borrow money in the form of lower interest rates, right? That is why half of the money that they get, that, that, that comes into the government, is in the form of borrowed money. Borrowed money. All right, let's um, let's talk about uh, some other uh, ways the government gets their money. Taxes. All right, taxes. We're talking about taxes. So the government gets twenty five percent of their money that that comes in to the federal government is is, is from taxes. Um, and in twenty twenty, that that was about uh, eight hundred and fifty five billion dollars came in from from taxes. And by the way, that's personal income taxes. Your taxes, D, my taxes, listener taxes, 25% personal income taxes. Where does the other uh, money come from? Well, even more taxes, right? 20% comes from FICA, right? Social Security tax, Medicare, and then unemployment taxes, 20%, $684 billion. Where does the other uh, income come from? More taxes. Excise, customs, estate, gift, those types of taxes, right? And we're talking about 4%, or about $137 billion. So people always fight, um, and when I say people, um, uh, more of the, uh, well, no, a lot, a lot of people try to fight for lower estate taxes, right? And since you're uh, a tax expert over there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, what, if I'm a single person, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when am I assessed? How much money do I have to, uh, have before Mm -hmm. I am assessed uh, a gift tax Oh, or an estate tax?
2: It's just over $12 million now.
1: Yes. $12 million. Right. And so generally you are not hit with an estate tax unless your estate is well, is over $12 million. And that's if you're single, if you're married, it's double that right? And that is why when you look at where the government gets their money, number one, personal income tax, personal income tax. That affects everybody. Second, affects everybody too if you're working, social security tax, FICA, Medicare, all of that stuff. Then the estate tax, all the excise taxes, um, and that's just 4%. The last place they get their money is through corporate income taxes, and that's just 3%. So the federal government gets 3% from corporate income taxes and 25% from personal income taxes. That 3% is a whopping $103 billion. But they get $855 billion from personal income taxes. Well, there's more personal income tax returns than there are corporate returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the highest marginal tax bracket for corporations is 21%. For individuals, it's 37%. And that's just federal. There you go. All right. So I want to dive into this a little more. So we talked about uh, the deficit. We talked about where the government gets their money, of course, mostly from uh, taxes. But a close second is from borrowing money. So let's talk about where the government spends their money. And we're going to do that when we return. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Alright. Got a little The is blue. Bono going. You two Me up through the There's no room. This is beautiful day by U two. too out Talking to about in two thousand. Okay. the reason Number twenty one in the US. And number one in the UK. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay, you know, um, not one of their uh, best, race, I would say. I know no, you make
2: I like not it. Not sure if
1: you're a big uh, YouTube fan or not. It's a day. There you go, beautiful day. All right, and uh, you know, it's, the sun's out. It's nice. It's always a beautiful day. I guess it's all about perspective perspective in life. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net, the retirement rescue game plan. It's going to help you rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg, such as market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk you got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. So quick recap. I uh, was talking about um, taxes, federal government, their inflows. Um, Well, first I talked about the deficit, um, that uh, there's a publication, 1040 instruction booklet that comes out for people who didn't catch the uh, the first segment um, um, that comes out that talks about uh, where the government is getting their money and what what they're spending it on. And we ran a budget deficit fiscal year 2020 of about $3 trillion. Um, And the money uh, that the government has coming in, we borrow 48% of it. The other 52% come from taxes. So that's interesting that we borrow, you know, half the money um, to pay the bills. And then the rest of it comes in from uh, what we're paying out uh, in taxes. And that's mainly personal income tax. But there's also FICA, and corporate income taxes, things of that nature. So they get all that money in. All right, all that money comes in. Um, And so now it's time to spend the money. Where does that money go? So let's talk about the government outflows and where the money goes uh, once the uh, government gets their grubby hands on it. All right, so the first thing uh, that they spend money on uh, is for these I'm hesitating because I'm just gonna say it I know people get upset these entitlement programs right um, and let me take a step and and talk about you know entitlement because you know people say hey this is not an entitlement program I paid into it Marcus what are you talking about I paid into for, into it for 30 40 years mm-hmm. and what are you then are you entitled to get it back yes you are thus entitlement program let's change the thought process so anyway So 30% of the spending goes to um, entitlement programs or social security, Medicare, and other retirement uh, programs like for disabled um, uh, and and the elderly. So 30% goes to pay for social security. Actually, if you extrapolate Medicare, you you put in Medicaid, I'm sorry, then 45% of government spending is for social security, Medicare, and Medicaid. All right. So that's where a good portion of the money goes. Now, Think about this, um, as Medicare grows, as Social Security grows, and when I say grow, I mean the need for people wanting to take their benefits, because we have this, we have this group of people called the baby boomers who are retiring at record rates, and as these baby boomers march into retirement and onto the rolls of these government programs, they're going to stop putting money in Social Security, Medicare. they're going to start wanting to do what? And that is take that money out, right? And so we're going to see that spending continue to go up. So right now, um, just Social Security and Medicare is about 30%. We're going to see those numbers probably go up, you know, as we progress as more of these baby boomers uh, retire. All right, so that's that that's going to go up. But right now, 45% of the spending is for Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid. All right, moving on. So There is um, about 13% goes to pay for um, social programs, so welfare, uh, food stamps, things of that nature, all right? And then you have um, another 18% of spending. It goes to the farmers, right? Agricultural spending, uh, environmental spending. There's some transportation in there. Um uh this is a good one. There's 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 money that's put away for the space program. And I know I uh, D you're really that's into right. the the to the space and to NASA and things of that nature. Half Wait, a percent? Uh not not too much. Okay. It doesn't specifically say, but it's not too much.
2: Less than half a percent? Okay. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, when when we look at um you know government spending uh and the outflows, um you really have to, you know, take into account Um, that a lot of these things, especially what I talked about previously, Social Security, Medicare, you know, these things are going to continue to go up and just eat up more of uh, that budget. But let's talk about the debt. All right. Let's talk about the debt because the debt accounts for um, really just about 5% of um, spending, which is $327 billion. Now, Let's dive into this just a little more because when we talk about uh, the debt and that's just the interest on the national debt. So right now, our current debt is about 30 trillion dollars, right? 30 trillion dollars. And the interest that we're paying on that debt um, is about 327 billion dollars. But let's go back in time real quick. Let's go back in time to 2020 when the debt was just a paltry 5.6 trillion dollars. $5.6 Five point six trillion dollars. And um you know the interest that we were paying on uh that debt was um it wasn't as much as the
2: two
1: hundred and twenty-six. Two hundred and twenty-six wow billion dollars each year in uh in twenty twenty, right, to pay on five point six.
2: Two
1: thousand? The year two no, thousand? So yeah, yeah, the year two thousand. Sorry, I said twenty twenty. Yeah, the year two thousand. Year two thousand the debt was 5.6 uh, trillion dollars, and uh, we were paying about 226 billion uh, for uh, for that debt. Now here we are in 2022. The debt is, or here it was 2020. Uh, the debt was you know about 28 trillion. Right now it's 30 trillion, and they're paying 327 billion dollars. Only a hundred. Billion dollars more. but we throw these billions and trillions trillions around like it's just a chunk change, right? Yes. <laughs> but we're only paying $100 billion more when the debt is basically uh, almost quintuple, right? Five times as much. And why is that? Well, the answer is interest rates, right? Interest rates are just so low. I talked about in 1990, you could get a CD for uh, 8%, right? A one-year CD for 8%. Um, so fast forward today, to today, interest rates have never been this low for this long, ever. And when you think about it, and if you just do the math, you just break out a simple calcula- calculator, when you think about it, if interest rates are just to go back up to what they were in, 20, in, in, in the year 2000, which was around 5, 5.5%, five you would see that interest that we would have to pay it would easily triple, easily triple, right? And that would potentially cause taxes to go up because where does the government go to get their money besides the Fed or the bank to to borrow it? Printing it. They go to us for taxes, right? Or they just print it out of thin air, right? And so that, of course, causes these inflationary concerns, which we currently have now. All right. So um, I think that's, you know, one of the uh, bigger reasons why why we see that taxes are going to go up. Oh, by the way, outflows, 15 percent of the outflows goes to defense spending, too. So
0: military, um, mm-hmm.
1: military and, and defense spending. So and that is, you know, basically about uh, almost a trillion dollars. Um, it's a it's trillion dollars now. But back in 2020, fiscal year 2020, it was nine hundred and eighty three billion dollars. You know, so there you go. Um, all right. So. I gave you, I, I laid the foundation for um, the, the tragedy that, 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 that our country has in regards to what's coming in versus what's going out. And right now we're in this low interest rate environment. And so that is causing the government to borrow more and uh, they're not having to uh, uh, pay anything, pay as much back. But once those tides start to change, things are going to change. And so the reason I want to st- I like stressing this is because it puts a uh, a focus on the need for tax planning for the listeners out there. For all you all listening right now, with the rising deficit, out of control debt, and all of these unfunded liabilities, it's why that we believe that taxes are going to be a lot higher in the future than they are today. We talk about how most people have their money uh, in these tax deferred buckets, IRAs, four hundred one k's, four hundred three b's, things of that nature. And those things haven't been taxed yet. And when are they taxed?
2: When you take them out.
1: Exactly. When you take it out. And you're subject to whatever tax rates are at the time that you pull that money out. And we already know that taxes are going to be a lot higher in the future. Number one, we know that these current tax cuts expire at the end of 2025. And then they'll probably go higher after that. And most people, like I said, have have their money. They have their money in the ticking tax time bomb, just waiting for the explosion in tax rates. And that's why you have to be proactive and you have to take the necessary steps to protect what you've worked for for 30 to 40 years, right? The U.S. has this money problem, right? And really, if you just break it down to the personal level, you know that you have money problems when you're spending more than you make. And the same is true for our federal government. Spending more than you bring in causes big problems. Because money doesn't magically appear, although the government can print money out of, out of thin air. But that's not the way things generally work. They are going to have to increase taxes, cut spending, or some, or cut, cut a lot of the government programs, or a combination of the two. But the one thing that we focus on is the fact that your tax-deferred accounts trillions to almost 25 trillion dollars worth of your tax deferred accounts haven't been taxed yet and when you pull that money out do you want to be subject to these higher tax rates or do you want to put things in place now to ensure that you're not paying more to uncle sam than you have to this is why we do this show because these are the things that we talk about all right coming up next hey speaking of taxes we're going to get into d's tax corner you're listening to the marcus Warren Show. Wow, this is uh, slow, gloomy, you know. <laughs> Want to know why? Why?
2: Well,
1: because this is uh, Nirvana.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's
1: called uh, Something in the Way. Came out in
2: 1991.
1: Okay. It's been used in a... Uh, few films. You know, uh, Jarhead. Okay. Back in 2005. So and then most recently.
2: The Batman.
1: Yes. Uh, I, was, I was wondering if you could add the The Batman. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Batman. Yeah, say it right. Yes.
2: And it's kind of apropos
1: because, um, um, you know, this Batman was kind of. Uh, gloomy. Uh, gloomy. Yeah. He was. uh He he, he was grunge. Yes, he was grunge. He was grunge. There you go.
2: Perfect fit.
1: There you go. All right, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Now, everyone knows what time it is. It is time, and if you don't, you will now, because it is time to get into D's Tax Corner. Because I'm the tax man. Yeah, I'm
0: the tax man.
1: Or woman.
2: All right, so for today's tax corner, I want to discuss a topic that often confuses a lot of people. And actually, you brought it up in the first segment, and it is the gift tax or the gift slash estate tax. So I often get asked, do I have to pay taxes on the money or maybe the property that I give as a gift to someone? Um, And most people think that they do. And most people are confused about who pays it, the person who gives it or the person who receives it. But for most people, the answer is nobody has to pay that tax.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, uh, probably one of the, the biggest myths is, it is. Uh, that you have to myth. pay tax on the gifts you receive. Mm-hmm. Or the gifts or that even, you give. Yes, or even mm-hmm. give. Yes. Right, so
2: let's break it down. Let's see how it works. Let's uh, uh, work through a few client examples. So example number one, we have Kevin and Laura, and they want to give their daughter and son-in-law a $75,000 cash gift, that's really nice, uh, to put down uh, a down payment on their home. So who has to pay taxes on the $75,000? The answer is nobody. The gift tax doesn't kick in quite yet. Now, the thing that probably confuses a lot of people is that each year... You are technically supposed to report to the IRS any gifts that you make that are over $16,000. That's for 2022. This exemption amount goes up every few years. Uh, But just because you report it doesn't mean that it's taxable. So Kevin and Laura can each give a $16,000 gift to their daughter, and they can each give a $16,000 gift to their son-in-law with no reporting requirements, but there are still $11,000 left. So, do they have to pay taxes on that amount? The answer is still no. Okay. The reason for that is because everybody gets a lifetime exemption amount. And this is actually for giving gifts while you are alive and then for everything that stays in your estate after you pass away. So, this lifetime amount, like you mentioned earlier, is currently just over $12 million per person.
1: Yeah, so, in essence... Um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of yourself or myself. <laughs> um, in essence, when you're filing that gift tax return, mm-hmm. you are just reporting to the IRS that they can deduct that, what did you say, $16,000 well, gift that you gave from that your $12 million uh, pot. So to speak.
2: Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. Yes. And actually, you don't even have to report the first right. sixteen thousand. Right. So you don't if you give, that. Yes. if you give seventeen, sure. you would just deduct one thousand dollars from twelve million and still have twelve million left. So this lifetime uh, exemption amount, um, after that's used up, that's when gift and estate taxes kick in, and those can be pretty high. Actually, those amounts are, do start pretty high. Um, and so, here's another potential. Issue that comes in when it comes to estate planning and and planning for some of these gift taxes is that that lifetime exemption amount it has fluctuated over the years. So it doubled during the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act when that was passed. It went from about five million to about ten to eleven million.
1: Right.
2: And we all know, and if you don't know now, you will know that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is going to expire at the end of 2025. Which means that that exemption amount likely will also expire and go back down to the levels that it was in prior years. And in fact, I think as early as maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. that that exemption amount was maybe six hundred thousand seven. It was pretty yeah, low.
1: I was alive when it was. I It wasn't too long ago when uh, it was you know six hundred thousand dollars. So we've seen the gift tax um, or the estate tax slash gift tax, whatever you want to call it. You know, continue to, to go up and up and up. Um, and there was one time, uh, one year, where there was no estate tax. So if uh, you happen to die, leave money to kids, no mm. tax. Mm. Um,
2: well, that's way, not ever coming back. George,
1: George, yeah, George Stein, Steinbrenner, owner of the uh, Yankees, former owner of the Yankees, or mm-hmm. I guess his family still owns it, but he died during the time. Wow. Family got that. Didn't have to worry about estate taxes oh man they oh,
2: got man. Lucky. They did I do, get lucky I do
1: I do want to throw this caveat though uh, about gift tax now yes. if you're an employer or you're an employee and you receive a gift from your employer yes uh, sometimes that may be taxable correct so we're talking about personal
2: we are talking about personal gifts, gifts. yes okay Go ahead. yes and even employer sometimes might have to pay taxes on gifts if they're over 25 dollars per person that they gift to. So yes. it's not very high. That amount is not very high. Yep. Um, so example number two. So our first example was a cash gift to daughter and son-in-law. Uh, example number two is S- uh, Sonia gives her son a $200,000 house as a gift. Again, we have very generous people in our examples. So her son, he does not pay her anything for the house, and the house is paid off. That's a gift. You don't receive anything in return. Or you might receive less in return than the value of whatever you're giving, and so that remainder is the gift. But in this case, she didn't give the son didn't give his mom anything. She gave him a two hundred thousand dollar house. Now, in this case, because the value of the house is over sixteen thousand dollars, that's the annual exclusion limit. Sonia has to file, or she's technically needs to file a gift tax return to report the remaining amount, which is uh, the one eighty-four thousand. Now, she still doesn't have to pay taxes, right, because she hasn't reached her $12 million exemption. Are you with me?
1: Yes. So
2: $200,000 house, right. $16,000 is the exemption amount for the right. year, so she oh. has to report the remaining one eighty four. Yes, gotcha. So now the one thing I like to caution people about giving property to children is that it changes something called the cost basis in the property. So what does this mean? Typically, if you sell your home, which was your primary residence, then you would calculate the gain by taking the sales price minus the cost of the home. So keeping it simple. Say um, I, sell, I buy a house for $100,000 and I sell it for one hundred fifty. dollars My gain is $50,000. Now, because it's my primary home, I actually don't have to pay taxes on any gain, up to $250,000 for single and five hundred dollars for married couples. So my house can appreciate $250,000 before I have to pay any capital gains taxes. But this changes if you're gi- giving a gift to your child. The amounts used to calculate the gain change.
1: A gift of property property, that, property or just property that can appreciate, even if it's a stock.
2: Even so, if kind, it's a stock. So, yes, okay. Same thing, yep, yep. Exactly. So in our example, Sonia bought her house for twenty thousand dollars. Let's say she bought it, you know, a long time ago. Twenty thousand dollars. She gives it to her son, he lives in it for ten years, and then he sells it for three hundred thousand dollars. So his gain is three hundred, what he sold it for, minus what his mother paid for it, which was twenty thousand dollars. So now he has a two hundred and eighty thousand dollar gain on this house, and the reason that he has this gain is because he received it as a gift. He didn't pay for it uh, from his to pur- to purchase it from his mom.
1: Or he didn't inherit it.
2: Yes, I was just going to say that. If instead he had inherited the home after mom passed away, then his starting point for calculating gain would be the value of the home when she passed away. Okay. So, like you mentioned, gifting stocks works in the same way. You typically take on the basis or the cost of the donor when you are selling a stock for a gain. So, one final example. Let's talk about Wendy. She gives her son $11,000 each year to help pay for tuition for her grandsons who are in school. Now, this amount, it's under the annual $16,000 exclusion, so she doesn't even have to file a gift tax return. She doesn't have to pay any taxes, Um, and it's her question to me was, well, can I deduct this as an expense? The answer is no. Can't so in order to deduct to deduct education expenses, you have to be able to claim somebody as a dependent, um, and not only that, education expenses have to be for post secondary education like college or university. Right. So her only option is setting up a five twenty nine plan.
1: Yeah, and you still can't deduct. Yes. Which you contribute to a five twenty nine plan. Some states let you do it. Either. But not on the
2: federal level, correct?
1: No. no. And that's what we generally talk about because we know we have listeners in all 50 states probably. And um, we always talk from a, a, a federal tax level, um, especially in regards to you know the, the main thing that we talk about on the show, which, which, are, which are taxes. Um,
2: so the punchline moral of the story, unless you plan on amassing over $12 million in assets you likely won't. Everybody does. That's the
1: American dream. (laughs) That is
2: actually everybody's plan. You're right. Uh, but unless you do actually do that, you won't, um, you likely won't ever have to pay or worry about the gift tax or the estate tax because it's really meant to avoid, uh, or, or to keep people from avoiding those taxes at death, like the owner of the the Yankees that you just... Oh yeah, the Yankees. About? Yes, mm-hmm.
1: the um, George yes. George Steinbrenner. He Who he, he to lucked to. out, or they mm-hmm. planned it uh, perfectly, or there were some shenanigans uh, <laughs> going on with the uh, family, knowing that they uh, wouldn't have to pay any. Uh, any gift t- or any uh, yes. estate tax, but, you know, that's the way it is. By the way, when we talk about gift tax, estate tax, um, whatever it may be, especially, you know, taxes that, you know, death taxes that a lot of uh, regular people are worried about, don't worry about it because the estate tax affects point zero zero one percent I'm sorry, I left something out, Point zero 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 one percent of most americans because most people don't die within the state valued over 12 million dollars and or 24 million dollars uh, if you're uh, married so you know people get concerned about uh, the wrong things and i know why because taxes are out there and you hear stuff from you know mainstream media today show stuff like that uh cbs morning news anything that it applies to you and you know you have questions and the good thing is we have answers thank you d for that or woman all right coming up next we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use you're listening to the marcus warren show
2: Well, I got a
1: woman way over town that's good to me This is a good song Oh, yeah Say, I got a woman So this is Ray Charles way over town Good to me it's called I Got a Woman Oh, yeah She well, give me money This song came out in 1954 Okay Yeah and uh, actually, the song was uh, remixed or Ray sampled by um, Kanye West back in 05.
2: Jamie Foxx? Oh, yeah, Jamie yeah. Foxx, yeah.
1: For a song, Gold Digger, and it. Uh, it was number one.
2: Okay. Number one.
1: Yes. Great, hmm. Charles. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren say Show. Remember that, that you can request your retirement to rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. And when you request that, you will get a physical packet of information. That will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, most importantly, tax rate risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right. All right. What is the time for? We all know what it's time for. It is time for the news you can use.
2: OK, so Goldman Sachs and JP. Morgan Chase are shutting their operations in China. Are in Russia, sorry. (laughs) That was a Freudian slip. That was about to In uh, Russia, two weeks after the country first invaded Ukraine. So uh, these are Wall Street's first major departures from Russia, of course, joining a growing list of retailers, oil companies, uh, sporting uh, competitions, who are also suspending operations in the country. Uh, Goldman Sachs uh, employs about 80 uh, people in Russia. A portion of them have uh, temporarily relocated to Dubai. Um... And they're conducting, uh, continuing to conduct limited business, trying to basically shut down the business they're conducting in the country. Other financial services company also working on exit, exit strategies. Western Union announced that they're suspending operations in Russia and Belarus. Um, Citigroup uh, also... Uh, operating on a limited basis saying they're operating on a limited basis given the current uh, circumstances and other western companies like starbucks mcdonald's burger king Young brands tj maxx h&m ikea energy companies shell bp <laughs> so a lot of companies <laughs> yes. h&m and m i did yes can't
1: get your uh, you know 15 dollar kids can't get their 15 dollar jeans nope. but you know that, that that does have have uh an, an effect and you know you'll you'll hear Um, Arguments on both sides as far as these uh, sanctions go. But, um, you know, once you start hitting uh, people in the pocketbooks and you start affecting someone's money, Mm -hmm. that's generally when people get a little agitated, whether it's an individual person. A company and/or a country, so we shall see what happens. Yeah,
2: and a lot of this stuff just makes it difficult to even, you know, just live as just regular regular people. When you have, you know, Google suspending advertising and YouTube products, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, you know, Disney, Sony, Warner Brothers. When you you know you're shutting, you're basically taking away entertainment, forcing the country to rely on just whatever maybe the country might have created on its own. Um, Like you said, it makes an impact. Yep. What else you got? Let's move on. So Amazon on Wednesday said that the board of directors has approved a 20 for one stock split. It is the first split since 1999 and the fourth since Amazon's IPO in 97. Most of them came in that two-year time period. So the company also said that they have authorized... Uh, the board is authorized to buy back up to $10 billion worth of shares. Amazon mm. is the latest tech company to pull mm. down the price of each of their shares through a stock split. Google parent Alphabet announced a 20 for one split in February. last uh, or In 2020, Apple disclosed plans for a four for one split and Tesla instituted a five for one stock split. Amazon's CEO, Andy Jassy uh, he's faced kind of a rough start to his tenure, which began in July last year. The stock was the worst performer among the big tech companies last year. It's dropped 16% so far in 2022. Of course, saw a little spike after they announced their stock split. Um, and Amazon just reported its uh, slowest rate of growth uh, for any quarter since 2001.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's you know some other options, of course. You know, you Shopify, things of that nature, but... Um, you know, you know. Really, uh, first of all, stock splits. Mm-hmm. Stock splits are for most for for everyone. They're just cosmetic. Yes. All right. They do not mm-hmm. fundamentally change anything about the company, other than possibly making the shares seem more accessible to a larger number of investors because um, the price looks cheap
2: instead of twenty four hundred dollars now it's, yeah, it's one hundred dollars
1: right but it, it doesn't mean that the fund that that it won't go down from there the fundamentals haven't changed and just like how, as you're listing out how it's been one of the worst performing stocks as of late does not hundred dollars doesn't make all of a sudden the company's going to get more subscribers or uh, increase the bottom line or whatever that may be it's just fun it's just a like I said it's for cosmetic purposes only. Yeah. Um,
2: and like you said in the like, past, you know, with fractional shares being available now, I don't really even see kind of the point of stock splits because you could have bought a one of Amazon and it and had the same amount of Amazon that you would now that you uh, can buy for, you know, after the split you, you buy one share and it would be the same as having one twentieth fractional shares before. It's it's literally the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 basically it. You uh, you hit it on the head. I mean, from an employee standpoint, point it can make it more flexible from um, uh, to manage. You know how the equity that they have in the company, mm-hmm. but that's about it. What else you yeah. got?
2: Okay, a large cargo sh- uh, cargo ship that was carrying luxury cars from Germany to the U.S. sank last week in the Mid Atlantic after nearly two weeks. Um, After a fire broke out on board, Uh, officials confirmed that the ship lost stability, sank about 250 miles off the coast of Portugal as it was being towed to land. Um, The uh, Portuguese Navy said that only a few pieces of debris and a small amount of oil were, were visible where the ship sank and tugboats were breaking up the patch of oil with hoses. The ship was carrying an estimated yeah, one hundred and fifty five million dollars worth of Volkswagen vehicles. Of course also some Porsche's Bentley's Lamborghinis, close to four hundred and forty million total in vehicles that are gone.
1: Yeah, but it's insured, you know. Definitely they insure for insured. for those losses, so uh
2: It's yeah, funny how the worst not still shedding
1: a tear, not, I'm not <laughs> shedding a tear for these uh luxury cars. It's funny how all.
2: we're still um, using this kind of antiquated way of shipping a cargo ship
1: how else would you get those across i don't deep? know
2: why have we're in the 21st century would you
1: trans teleport them yes was why that, don't that we that have what the, you do this now? is what
2: every movie from 1990 told me was going to happen in why right. 2022 we we're
1: supposed to have flying cars yes. so they could have just flew all the they just over, flew right?
2: them over here right. if right. that had happened mm-hmm. didn't you watch the fifth element no bruce willis I was, was driving around in a taxi in the air not.
1: and most people did not watch that show well, either. thank a good movie. anyway one more
2: Ford announced that the company is splitting its auto business into two separate units, Ford Blue for traditional gas and diesel-powered vehicles and Ford Model E for electric models. Uh, The automaker has already split off a unit for commercial, uh, commercial customers called Ford Pro, um, Wall Street uh, positively responded to the restructuring of the company. Stock's moving up a little bit. Um, some analysts have been pushing it to spin off its electric vehicle production into a separate company, one that is future-focused and growth-oriented. And, hey, maybe even flying cars are in its future. We never know.
1: No, the logistics don't, don't make any sense for flying cars. But, um, you know, I do like this. Uh, you know, I wonder how this electric car push is going to go because you do see... Um, you know, aggressively, a lot of you know companies, mm-hmm. even the big players, Ford, mm-hmm. uh, GM, GM mm-hmm. um, are really you know jumping into yeah uh, uh, the the electric car market. So it'll be interesting, you know, ten, fast forward ten years from now, yeah, to see where we are, see yep. what those numbers are.
2: And even the you know F one hundred and fifty and the Mustang, the macho type of cars, are uh, Ford uh, has seen some strong demand for even those offerings. So you're right, we shall see. Well, thank you, Dee.
1: Appreciate that news you can use it was good stuff and of course if we just left you with that that would be enough but we want to give you what you yearn for what you want what you need and that's the news you can't use
2: seems that a lot of Guinness World Records have recently been broken, and as you're rolling your eyes over there, I know that this is your favorite topic, so let's discuss some of these skilled accomplishments. An Armenian athlete set a Guinness World Record for performing 23 pull-ups in one minute from a flying helicopter. The video shows the uh, gentleman uh, performing pull-ups from one of the helicopter skids as it hovers several feet over the ground. 23 pull-ups, one minute. Big. World... Deal. Record. No, world well, you, record. you forgot
1: from a helicopter. Because from a
2: flying helicopter.
1: That wouldn't be a world re- record if he did it from a regular pull-up bar. Correct. And, and that's what makes these world records um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous, I tell you. Because it's always something that no one would even want to do. So now you can get a world record from just making up something that no one wants to do when you get in this Stupid record book that has no value, no, no, anything. It's not like being the, you know, the World world's, world's Records would disagree. The world's tallest person, or shortest person, or you've done something that you know you 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 run a three minute mile or, or, or something like that, or world record for being you know running the fastest hundred meter dash or whatever, mm-hmm. like saying, Bolt, and these real world records, not some made up. Crap that you're spewing over there. What else? Okay, I'm sure well, you if you thought
2: one. that one was pointless, an Ontario movie theater that only seats 13 people was certified by Guinness World Records as the globe's S- smallest S- purpose-built cinema. That's right. The Little Prince Micro Cinema opened its doors in October 2021, styled after a miniature Victorian theater, red carpeting, tiered seating, and velvet ropes. 13 guests can watch a movie in this cinema uh, yeah, 175 sounds. square feet. Yeah. I think people. Some people have this in their basements.
1: Right. Well, a lot. Of them. I mean, you go watch. Uh, you know, all these NBA uh, players, movie stars, sports athletes, uh, billionaires, whatever. Of course, they got movie theaters bigger than that, and with bowling alleys. So, and I don't know. I mean, why? Unless you want to host a, a a private event at this small thing. I guess. Yeah. The profit margins can't be that great for. Um, that theater. Well, here
2: we go. How about this one? A Southern California doctor broke a a Guinness World Record by assembling a 3D-printed sculpture of a human measuring 19 feet, 10 inches tall.
1: Yeah, wow.
2: It took 12 weeks for a team of nine people to print the pieces of the statue and assemble Uh, them. And, of course, he took the record for the tallest 3D-printed sculpture of a person.
1: Of a person. Of a person. You see see how you threw that caveat caveat
2: in there? That's yes.
1: ridiculous. Anyway, I'm, um, I'm done with this. we got to be done with this. Thank you, Dean, for that definite news you can't use. That was one of your better ones because it was 100% useless. And we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week. And take it easy
0: on a Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.